the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Are you ready to get down to business? Join seasoned entrepreneur, community leader, and Army veteran Scott Shalom Klein, who will take you behind the scenes with those who work in America's small business scene and speak with leaders making an impact, creating jobs, and telling their story in entrepreneurship. So let's get down to business. On AM560, The Answer, here's your host, Shalom Klein. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. Remember, you can always download the podcast on my website at SYFine.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in with the foundation of Little Village, a Chicago-based nonprofit dedicated to fostering prosperity, preserving culture, and revitalizing the Little Village community. And I'm thrilled to be joined by the uh, founding executive director. That's Kim Close. Kim, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me, Shalom. Absolutely. No, really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'd love to learn a little bit more about you and, of course, the organization. And I understand you've got some pretty big announcements. Um, But, Kim, let's start in the very beginning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and why you decided to dedicate your career to uh, the foundation of Little Village. Yeah, so I started working in Little Village in 2018. Um, Actually, originally, I was a grant writer. I was writing grants trying to get increased investment in the community, and that um, led to the formation of the 501c3, known as the Foundation of Little Village, and also the creation of a bigger project that we have known as Eskina Incubator and Cafe, which is a development project here on 26th Street, So that's kind of how the work got started. Um, Our mission is to support and encourage business growth through entrepreneurial opportunities and to impact the wellness uh, of of the residents here. So what we're really trying to do is um, build community wealth through um, entrepreneurism that's already active and happening here on the corridor. Um, the Latino population of Chicago and the United States is widely known for having um, the highest number of small business starts. It's a highly entrepreneurial community um, throughout the nation. And uh, we're here, but they haven't always received the same supports for their business or supports that are catered to the needs specific to uh, the community and to um, the challenges that they're facing to start a small business. So that's really our objective is to provide those resources um, in Spanish and also in a place-based, um, in, 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 the, in the community, like have a place-based entrepreneurial ecosystem. Absolutely. I'm chatting with the executive director of the foundation of Little Village. That's Kim Close. And uh, Kim, the work that you are doing, uh, so impressive. Um, you've got a lot of different uh, grants, funds, 
um, that's really driving a lot of these uh, programs that you've been talking about, which is great. And I know a lot of this is based on that experience that you've had. You've been a small business owner yourself, um, an experience that has taught you about the challenges and rewards of entrepreneurship. So I understand that there's some pretty big news coming up. You've got uh, a new uh, a new program, um, and uh, and you're running this both in Spanish as well as in English. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, so we have a program, our, our, we have entrepreneurial programming, uh, it's called Juntos Lanzamos, that's the ideation and, um, you know, how to get, how to start a small business class. Uh, it's eight weeks long, it covers um, how to get a business license, financial literacy, um, marketing like creating a network of other like-minded um, entrepreneurs. Those are some of the objectives of the class. So we were running that program. Our, our, our signature program that we started with was called Juntos Emprendemos. It was for the businesses that were already established on the corridor. That's more of a how to get your business to grow, right? But then during the pandemic, we started running Juntos Lanzamos because people were pursuing entrepreneurism during the pandemic because they might have been like furloughed or something. They were just, I want to start a business during the pandemic, during 2020. So we, that's where Juntos Lanzamos originated. Um, it means together we launch. And then, but over the years, one of the things that would come up over and over again is um, Little Village is a very, very young community. And the youth of Little Village, by youth, I mean people like between the ages of like 18 and the younger people in Little Village, like they were, they're highly entrepreneurial. They're pursuing all different routes of entrepreneurism, selling things in TikTok and Poshmark and Etsy, and they're creative and they're doing all these entrepreneurial activities, but they, you know, they might feel more comfortable being like born and raised here. They might be bilingual, but they were sometimes felt more comfortable learning in English. They've been, ed they're educated here in the United States in Chicago public schools and like they wanted to go into, they wanted to take these courses, but this, they were more comfortable learning in English than in Spanish. It's why we started all of our programming in Spanish because a big portion, a big part of the population um, of little villages, monolingual Spanish speakers. So we wanted to provide those program, that programming and those services in Spanish because they can't go other places and get access to that. But then Little by little, we saw the opposite coming, you know, come to fruition. The, the youth of Little Village, they wanted access to that programming, too. The interesting thing, the unique thing about our Juntos programming, and there's three levels, Juntos Lanzamos, Juntos Emprendemos, and Juntos Avanzamos, is that this is original Spanish language content. It's not written in English and translated into Spanish. It was written in Spanish for the community of Little Village and for um, Spanish speakers, you know, so it's culturally relevant and it is specific to the neighborhood. Fantastic. I mean, the, the work you're doing is, is, is amazing. And I know what our listeners love. They love to, uh, they love to hear real stories of impact. And so you mentioned about entrepreneurship. You mentioned the Latino community, Little Village, the, uh, and I know you've been doing this for a little while. So, um, Feel free to share either with names, without names, but any of those success stories of folks that have come through um, any of the programs that the foundation has been involved in that you want to show off and highlight on the program today. 
Yeah. One of the businesses that we helped, her name is, uh, the business name is JT. She has an embroidery shop. So she took Juntos Lanzamos. And then after a while, she also took our Juntos Avanzamos program, which is a micro-granting program. And she used that uh, $3,000 micro-grant to invest in an embroidery machine because she was doing screen printing. And then she was able to like service more people through embroidery. I've actually like purchased from her myself. And um, so that the purchase of that machine, that that's one of the goals of Juntos Avanzamos is to teach entrepreneurs how to invest in their business in order to increase the return on investment, um, how to make financial decisions um, to grow their business. Right. So that's, that's the goal of the, of the, of the third course, Juntos Avanzamos. It's a financial literacy program. So she was able with that investment, with that micro grant, she was able to like expand the number of, um, products that she offered and also increase the number of, um, of people who were like purchasing, um, purchasing products from her. Um, you know, a, a, a related story is um, a great company um, called Nice and Clean. And they took, I think they took, oh, they took Juntos Emprendemos and Juntos Avanzamos. And they were able to grow their business. They were doing residential cleaning. And then, um, but over the years, they were able to transition from, um doing residential into commercial cleaning and also hire new employees. They did take the Avanzamos program. Um, I think in during the pandemic, I think they took it in 2021 and they used that investment to buy um, like special cleanings, special, I'm not a cleaning like expert, special cleaning products that were like relevant during the pandemic, you know? So, and that helped them like, increase, you know, um, like increase the number of services they were offering and also like, um, move into a commercial market, which is more profitable for them. Well, we so appreciate you highlighting that and all of the important work that you're, that you're doing across the community, uh, with large and, uh, really making an impact the foundation of little village. We've been chatting with again, executive director, Kim close, um, and really appreciate you sharing your expertise. I know our listeners will want to learn more about your work and of course, find ways to support, um, how can they, uh, how can they get in touch with you and your team, Kim? Yeah. So our, um, they can visit us at www flvchicago.org um, and our phone number is 773-621-8245 um, and they can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram LinkedIn, we're there um, yeah, our programming we offer at no cost to the community yeah, all of this is um, supported by our philanthropic partners mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we're proud to you know support the community of Little Village Fantastic. and the residents that make Little Village um, a thriving commercial corridor Awesome, Kim Close, really appreciate you coming on a quick break here and get down to business, we'll be right back Hey, welcome back. Uh, We talk each and every week with amazing entrepreneurs, amazing authors, amazing, inspiring people doing awesome things. And that's what I wanted to talk about today. Job loss, pandemics, shutdowns, natural disasters, and illness. Um, 
it all sends people into a state of blur. And that's what I want to talk to my next guest about. She's the author of Blur, Clear the Way Ahead, Even in the Worst of Times. And that is Susan Ford Collins. Susan, thanks so much for joining us. Really appreciate you coming on the program. I'm delighted to be here. And it's such an important topic. It sure is. Susan, I know you uh, have been a researcher at the National Institute of, of Health. Um, and uh, and- and since then, uh, you have uh, you have really uh, developed a breakthrough. The technology of success yes. presented over four thousand training sessions in schools and businesses, and of course, written this fantastic book. So, Susan, what was that aha moment for you, um, where you discovered uh, again what people could learn if we studied highly successful people? <laughs> well, I suggested that to my audience at NIH because we were just studying illness and dysfunction. And I was the youngest research psychologist there, and they all laughed, and they laughed loud. And the one thing I'd like you to hear is if people laugh at you, know that you're really probably onto something they don't understand yet. Don't be dismayed. Press through. And that's what I did. I spent the next 20 years shadowing the greats of the planet and discovered these 10 skills that they didn't know they were using, and so they couldn't pass on. So success had become a burden. They couldn't keep up with it. And so, I've, as you said, I've taught this in 4,000 training sessions. I, I stopped. It's probably closer to five by now, but I stopped counting. And people have just said, wow, this is so important. Why don't they teach this in school? So I'm working on that, too. That's fantastic. That's incredible. And, and so grateful that you are teaching these important topics. So Blur, I mean, I, I love the title. I, it's, it's great. It, it shows it's more of a, uh, of a, a skill book rather than a, a book that you typically read. It's got tools. Um, and you actually have 10 particular tools in your toolbox that you talk about. Let's, let's talk about how they are important to entrepreneurs that may be tuning in. What, why, why do folks need to read the technology of success? toolbox? Well, because we do a lot of things haphazardly. We hit or miss do them. And what CEOs have told me is, oh my goodness, this makes training programs make sense. This makes the progression of leadership make sense. So, you know, I started doing training sessions and I wasn't sure which of the skills was number one, but I can tell you with certainty right now that success filing is number one, and that's the skill that highly successful people used. Every day they set aside five or ten minutes to think about the successes they had that day. Not the gigantic ones that take years to produce, but the ones that they could do that day. And they said that that is so important that we overlook those little things, and yet those are the ones that make the difference in the long run. So success filing is something you can do with your team. I have companies that are doing success filing Fridays all over the country, and you can do it with your family at dinner. Um, you know, instead of complaining about what's going on, how about asking each other what successes you've had today? It's such an uplift. And it's so important when you're in blur, because when you're in blur, you feel like you haven't had any successes. And so it's really important to be able to get back to the basics when you're in blur, when you're feeling overwhelmed. And I should stop and say, what is blur? It's that overwhelm that we get in when we get bombarded one thing after another thing after another thing. And COVID certainly did that to millions of us. I mean, we had a, a pandemic and now we've got an epidemic 
of blur and people don't know what to do. So that's why I wrote this book. I didn't want to write another book. I've written uh, five other books, but this one kept waking me up in the night. So success filing is the first success skill. And here's the way to remember, when your success file is full, you feel successful. The word, it explains it right there. But when it's low, you feel dependent and needy. And I think when people are in overwhelm, they tend to stop trusting themselves and trusting their brains and, and they feel helpless. So that's the first skill you need to start digging your way out of blur. Absolutely. And and something that you uh, talk about in Blur is how this impacts both personally and professionally. I wonder if you can share a couple of examples. Um, I mean, we certainly have been living through a whirlwind, a blur, if you will, of uh, both on the economy as well as certainly in the world. Just look at what we're going through right now. It's it's insane. But what was some of the inspiration that um, that that sort of uh, brought some of these lessons into Blur? Well, I, you know, I have had lots and lots of clients over the years, and I saw them lose their restaurants, lose their jobs, worse yet, lose family members, or have family members that got long COVID and were really, really ill. And so their whole lives were upside down. They didn't have their jobs. They couldn't see their future anymore. And this is an important part of Blur. You can't see ahead because so much has changed. In my case, my husband and my sister both died within two years. I couldn't see the way ahead. Who was I going to do dreams with anymore? You know, they were key players in my life. And it's not just me. You know, so many of us have gotten to that place and we stop dreaming. And this is a really important part. We stop dreaming. We just start to sink into the blur deeper and deeper. And so one of the skills is hologramming or dreaming. And it's, I call it the science of dreaming. And I was lucky when I was at NIH that I met Dr. Carl Pribram, and he discovered that thoughts can literally be measured. He said thoughts have an electromagnetic force field that attracts what we're thinking about to us. And we all know if you get into a slump and you start thinking negatively, it seems like you get more and more negatives. Well, it's scientifically true. So here's what he said. The more detailed a plan or a project or an ad or, you know, a vision has, the more power it has. And so that's very directive. When you get into blur, you tend not to see ahead. And so one of the very important steps is to say, wait, I need to create my future because the future is my way ahead and I am the creator. That's that's so important, which is great. So one of the things we always love to do on Get Done to Business is leave people with some action items, some things that they could actually implement in the weeks and months ahead, especially as we come close to the end of this calendar year. Everybody's looking for additional skills so they can be more resilient, so they can live, like you said, through the blur and make sure that they are stepping up and not just surviving, but actually thriving. Um, Susan, you have written, quite literally written the book on this topic. What homework assignments would you give to our listeners? I would say look around in your life and see who your co-dreamers are. And what do I mean by a co-dreamer? Somebody who knows what you're dreaming about and you've shared the details with. And if you're a CEO, make sure everybody in your organization is a co-dreamer because otherwise they're going in a different direction than you are. So co-dreaming is a really important skill. It not only pulls you out of the muck, 
but it helps people pull you out when you fall back in. And it enlightens them too, because they see the way ahead. So creating co-dreamers is really, really important. And I would say using experts is important. We tend, when we get into blur and we get depressed and we get sad and all of that, we get afraid of asking dumb questions. Well, I'll tell you this for sure. The only dumb question is the one you don't ask. So it's really important to ask the questions that are there for you rather than sitting in confusion and uncertainty. Absolutely. I've been chatting with Susan Ford Collins, the author of a fantastic read. It's called Blur, Clear the Way Ahead, Even in the Worst of Times, written by an executive consultant, leadership coach, and researcher, uh, and really love, again, the stories they provided, that aha moment at the NIH, National Institute of Health. Uh, what more could we learn if we studied highly successful people, and not just ill and dysfunctional ones? And that is indeed what this book has really captured, and I know you share it so frequently. So, Susan, I know our listeners will want to get in touch with you. How can they do that, and how can they pick up a copy of Blur? Well, it's simple. You can just go to SusanFordCollins.com or TechnologyOfSuccess.com. That's a website. I I have a lot of articles and a lot of information there that's free. And Blur is on Amazon, and I recorded it on Blur. So it's me talking to you on Blur on Audible. So, you know, I've made it as easy to get as I possibly can, and I hope you'll reach out to me. Uh, There's a link on my website where you can reach out, and I am somebody who answers. So by all means, (laughs) let me know what your questions are, and I'll do my very best to answer them. Absolutely. Susan Ford Collins, really appreciate you coming on the program and sharing your expertise with us. Always be sure to check out our sponsors of Get Down to Business. That's Tom Mirabali, independent agent for all of your health insurance and affordable care needs. You can visit his website, healthplanchicago.com. Or give him a call, 630-863-3477, 630-863-3477. Some commercials. Quick break. We'll be right back and get down to business. Don't touch that dial. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. What would you say if I told you you can lead a rich and intentional life? That is what my next guest is all about, Stan Gibson. He's an author, speaker, and coach. He's a corporate executive turned author who has uh, become a very sought-after speaker throughout the United States for his message that both inspires and engages others to greatness. Stan, I know you have a fantastic story, um, and I want to talk about that and uh, talk a little bit about servant leadership, which is something I know our listeners talk all about frequently. Stan, in 30 seconds or less, tell us, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Oh, thanks so much. Hey, thanks for having me on. I'll tell you what, um, I have been in either leadership or entrepreneurial roles for uh, several decades. And uh, I wrote a book called Living a Rich and Intentional Life, Never Let a Good Pandemic Go to Waste. Um, I had been studying and researching leadership for uh, for my entire life. And to be very honest with you, I'll tell you what happened. Uh, about 10 to 12 years ago, I had a friend that uh, he came over to my wife and I, and he said, you know, he said, he said, you know, I want to let you know, he said, I've got cancer and I've got like a 50-50 chance of living five years. And when he said that, it just blew me away. And because I didn't know what to say, and he looked at me and he just said, you know what? You know, when death becomes certain, life becomes rich. When death becomes certain, life becomes rich. And when he said that, it was like, why do we wait to get sick to get well? 
Why do we wait to 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 let you know our jobs go in disarray and to get a pink slip and to do all these things before we start to take care of ourselves? So I really kind of ramped up my practice of research, the neurological research, the physiological research around sleep, around nutrition, around around the brain, how it works, how do what separates good leaders from uh, from average leaders, and so I do a lot of uh, public speaking, a lot of keynote speaking, a lot of corporate speaking uh, around this topic, and uh, you know I work with teams on trust and how to have trust, and also that's my quick quick story about. Uh, uh, living a rich and intentional life. Absolutely, and and you know, so grateful for you coming on and um, your your passion in this area. So, one of the things that you write about, certainly in living a rich and intentional life, um, but also in your many uh, speaking engagements, is about people centric leadership. Um, and uh, one of the things that uh, we speak about on this program all the time is how entrepreneurs need to be able to turn to other folks. I want to start there from the entrepreneur's perspective. You've talked about building your own board of directors. What do you mean by that? Oh, I tell you what. You know, you look at you look at uh, you look at any of the largest organizations in the world. They've all got boards of directors. Why? Because you know what? They want to find the brightest, the smartest. They want to find impartial people that will tell them the truth when they need to hear the truth. Uh, you know, they find people that are in all aspects of life, whether it be revenue, whether it be uh, uh, finance, whether it be human resources, whether it be diversity, equity, inclusion. But they find this this group of people in this very diverse room that will basically speak truth. And, you know, these organizations are worth millions and millions and sometimes billions of dollars. And when I work with clients, I say, you know, how do you put a price tag on you? Aren't you worth that? Why don't you have a board of directors? Why don't you have a set of people that will speak with truth and love to you whenever you need to hear it? So I do that and I have a board of director and my clients have boards of directors and, and it's in every aspect of their life, whether it be finance, whether it be, be you know, spiritual uh, you know, accountability, whether it be uh, their dentists, their doctors, uh, their business mentors. And, and the amazing thing is we're in such a great place of life that emerging leaders have a benefit that there are so many wonderful leaders that are retiring, they would love nothing more than for you to give them a call and say, hey, can we have coffee, you know, maybe virtual or in, uh, in real life, IRL, once a quarter. So having a board of directors is just somebody that you are a, you are a company, you are an organization, you are an asset that shouldn't be, uh, uh, you know, de- de- denied from, from good advice. Absolutely. And I want to change gears for just a moment. Um, We talked about building your own board of directors, which is great. But let's talk about, you know, leading teams of people. Um, You talk, you know, a common term is servant leadership. But what advice do you have for a business owner when it comes to, again, being that leader that folks can depend on um, as a coach, as a mentor, and and really helping to develop um, subordinates? It's a great question. I'll tell you what, I can't tell you how many clients I have that say, you know, help me become a good leader. And I said, well, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to help you to become a good coach because I have a very firm belief in that is, is that, you know, when leaders learn to coach, employees learn to lead. You know, when leaders learn to coach, employees learn to lead. And so many times, you know, we get elevated in our position because, you know, we're, you know, we've become very good at our craft, but we don't know how to communicate. We don't know how to, to, to flip the script and we start to enable everybody as opposed to start to lift them up. 
So it's a very different skill when you get into a leadership position as opposed to kind of your ascent to the top. So I work on that. And the second thing I work on is I do believe very strongly if you're not good at home, you're not good at work. If you're not good at work, you're not good at home. You got to get both right. And, and so I don't want to share all the secrets, Stan. So I want to make sure we send people over to living a rich and intentional life because exactly as you said, it's professional, it's personal. And I know you live and breathe this stuff. Stan, how can people get copy of the book and get in touch with you? Uh, well, it's on Amazon. And again, living a rich and intentional life with Stan Gibson. And if you would, I'd love to have you go to my website at, at oxygenplusleadership.com. And there I'll give you seven tips to uh, a people-centric leadership. Uh, and uh, I'll also uh, give you uh, uh, my tips on how to uh, lead a rich and intentional life. Fantastic. Stan Gibson, we'll link in our show notes. Thanks so much for joining us. Take care. Thank you. Take care. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business. So I've always wondered, why do some people consistently make good decisions, those ones that drive them towards more and more success, while others seem to constantly derail themselves? Instead, we know those folks. That's why I am absolutely thrilled to be joined by Jane Frankel, a business author, lifelong educator, workforce consultant, and successful entrepreneur. And today, she serves as the managing principal of the Art of Performance LLC, as an adjunct professor in economics at Temple University, and she has a new book. The Intentional Mindset, Dated Decisions in Your Destiny. Jane, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Shalom. I'm delighted to be here. Absolutely. So I always love to get to know the person behind the microphone, the person behind the book. Jane, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you sort of caught that bug of the art of performance. Well, uh, I do think that performance is an art and it's it's different for everyone. Uh, and so that takes some creativity. And that's really what my taking control of your life and responsibility for that creativity is what I think makes uh, is done by creating an intentional mindset. Uh, I'm a really uh, a teacher at heart and uh, have explored all different avenues and different um, environments uh, to be a teacher uh, from um public school teaching to creating education and training programs for the private sector, being software and IT companies and teaching at the university level as well. Wow. Fantastic. So, I mean, if, if I were to uh, sort of summarize everything, it's don't leave, you know, success to chance. And uh, I know, again, through your experience as an educator, again, as an author, as a consultant, as, and as an entrepreneur, um, you've been practicing uh, what you preach, the intentional mindset. So, Jane, um, let's talk about that. How does mindset connect to mindfulness? Great question. Mindfulness is something that people are, there's a lot of publicity around it these days uh, about in, uh, being observant, being aware of their um, uh, environments and things that are going on around them. Something that I really uh, had no clue about as I was growing up. And so I really appreciate uh, building that. That mindfulness allows you to develop the awareness that brings you to your mindset. And I define your mindset as having four components, your goals, your values, which set a platform uh, for your beliefs beliefs, which are your biases, and we all have those, and your mode of work. So you deliver on your beliefs, uh, on your goals and your values through your beliefs, biases, and your mode of work. 
Uh, and of course, you can change those based on your awareness and continuing uh, to develop that awareness so that you are always matching up those four components. Because if you if you truly believe something, but it's in conflict with a goal, well, then you have uh, are inching towards derailing your success. Uh, once you've defined those four components for yourself, you really need to um, put some energy into checking that they are valid with what other people see about you or what, how they contribute to the success or failure of your work or a project. So um, it's really a very, um, it's kind of scientific, but not, but, but very accessible to really determine, do I believe and do I value what I think I value are my goals, uh, really what I'm working towards in a hierarchical way. Am I uh, applying the learning goals that I need to work on to get to my performance goals of achieving something? So the learning would be uh, in the case of uh, running a marathon. If your goal is to win the marathon, well, then you really have to back up and say, what do I need to learn? What are my goals in learning that are going to allow me to win that marathon? They would be different if your goal was to just participate and get to the end of a marathon. So uh, there's a structure and a strategy for how you actually um, identify your mindset. We all have them. It's a matter of uh, are they serving you well and how do you make sure that they're going to be serving you well? And when you do that, you have created a a sense of autonomy for yourself, which is extremely important in the 21st century knowledge economy, because as we know from all the workplace challenges and the abundance of data and uh, information that is available today in the knowledge economy, uh, we really have to be uh, very independent in our work as autonomous knowledge workers, but also we have to recognize that autonomy is not just independence, it's dependence on people who are going to be, I call them your stakeholders, anybody who can help you or um, impede your progress towards your goals. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Jane Frankel, again, the author of The Intentional Mindset, Data Decisions in Your Destiny. Um, Really, really interesting in in understanding um, being autonomous in this knowledge economy. And it's something that I know you've been studying for quite a while. So, Jane, what's that one takeaway that you want our listeners to have a, a homework assignment, if you will, of how, again, they can maybe make some progress in the weeks and months ahead? Well, the main thing that I uh, and and really um, inspired me to write this book is that I believe that everybody can be in control. Everybody can have that sense of autonomy of being independent and dependent uh, jointly. But what I really would like to inspire people to do is believe in themselves that they can do that and that they are not totally dependent on anybody for their their successes. Uh, They are independent primarily and just controlling the dependence Mm -hmm. on other people uh, as needed. And we're going to continue talking about that when we come back after this very quick break on Get Down to Business, continuing our conversation with Jane Frankel. We'll be right back. Don't touch that dot. 
Hey, we're back. I'm going to get down to business. You can always subscribe uh, to our podcast on your favorite podcast app. Just search for Get Down to Business. Makes it really easy. Uh, we're continuing our conversation with an incredible author, educator, consultant, and entrepreneur. That's Jane Frankel, and she is the author of The Intentional Mindset, Data, Decisions, and Your Destiny. And again, as we were just saying a moment ago, of ultimately, you don't want to leave, again, success to chance. And we've been talking about a uh, autonomous uh, uh, philosophy, being autonomous in, in a knowledge economy. So, Jane, really appreciate you coming on. So, I mean, the, the, the million-dollar question over here is how do you determine your mindset? You determine your mindset by looking at the decisions you've made recently and the results of those decisions. Did you, were, you happy with, uh, were, you, were you happy with those results or could, do you think you could have done better? Or do you see that had you done something in your uh, behaviors or in your decision-making differently, would the result have been more desirable or less desirable? So analyzing that kind of backwards with a tool called the five whys, where you look at what the result was and why you decided to do the things you did along the way getting to that result. Did they? And and if it was if it was a good result, well, <clears throat> you want to make sure that you continue with those goals and values that shaped those decisions. Your mindset shapes your decisions, which really controls your destiny. So if you are in control of your mindset and analyzing it continuously, then you should get to good decisions that will uh, result in the outcomes that will be, uh, you know, deemed successful f- for you. And Jane, we we only have a few more minutes, and I want to I want to talk a little bit about learning and performance goals. Why are they important, and what should our listeners know on those uh, really important topics? Well, the autonomous knowledge worker is a lifelong learning learner, uh, constantly interested in inquiry. Tell me more. Tell me more. Um, keep me, um, try and uh, keep your, your head in the game as to what you don't know or what doesn't make sense to you or what does make sense to you. That's all about continuous learning. If you ha- continuously have performance goals, getting an A in a course, uh, getting a raise by a certain date, there. If, if it's just all about performance and you're not thinking about what you need to learn and inquire about in order to get to that performance goal, or you don't take the performance goal, you don't make a performance goal because you're afraid of failure, well, then you will not learn anything along the way. So learning is probably um, uh, more important actually than the performance goal because even when you fail, uh, you have to go back. You should go back and say, well, that was interesting. I didn't see that coming. What did I What did I gain from that? What did I learn so that next time or in other situations, I can apply that learning? So learning is really uh, very important and will, if, if applied through your mindset, it will lead to performance, achievement of performance goals. But performance Excellent. goals alone will will just not get you to where you want to go. Well, Jane, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I want to make sure our listeners can find your book and, of course, get in touch with you. How can they do that? Okay. Well, the book is available on Amazon. It's called The Intentional Mindset, Data, Decisions, and Your Destiny. Uh, it's available at 
on Amazon. It's available at the publisher Business Expert Press. My website is www.artofperformance.net. That's my company. And my email address is Jane H. Frankel, J-A-N-E-H-F-R-A-N-K-E-L at artofperformance.net. Fantastic. Jane Frankel, thank you so much for joining us and inspiring us on the program. Can't wait to have you back on real soon. That's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business. Again, get on my website, sykline.com. Get on your favorite podcast app. Search for Get Down to Business. Um, But to success, have a great week ahead. Let's get down to business. Thank you, Shalom. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.